welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome everybody to the Built on Air podcast. Good to be back with you after a long holiday weekend. We hope you are doing well. I am Dan Fellers with you live every week and also have Camille Parks with us. Hello, Camille. Hello. Glad to have, always good to have Camille with us. So it's just going to be the two of us today, um, and we're excited to be with you and see what's going on in, in Airtable. So just to recap, for those that are new, Built on Air podcast is a live variety show every week at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We get together and talk about uh, what's going on in the world of Airtable and go through different segments and variety of different um, topics that we cover. So it's a lot of fun. Hope that everybody can enjoy and enjoy and and join us each week or catch us after the fact either on YouTube or on our audio podcast as well. Listen to us. So check us out, subscribe, and be a part of the community. So with that, we always like to start on round the bases. This is where we go through the different communities and see what's going on, see what people are talking about, give you kind of a recap of of everybody's um, discussions. And as always, we like to start with the Airtable community, see what kind of questions people are asking. Always click on the latest and see what's new. Um, looks like under the product suggestion, you always get these. Again, this is one started many years ago, 2016. That was before my time, probably before your time. <laughs> probably. I think I'm 2018 is my, 2018. yeah. That's crazy. So this one, this thread has been going for a long time and still nothing from Airtable. So somebody just complaining about <clears throat> time only field. So you can, you can have a date with a time. Um, you can also have a duration field, but not a time only field. So I guess people are looking for a time only field, yeah. but you can, you could do that with a formula, right? You could extract You could, you could uh, make the date arbitrary and then yep. use a formula uh, date time format and just take the component that's time. 
um, it'll be red as a string everywhere. Uh, so hmm. I've seen some people use workarounds with the duration field as well. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's sort of kind of possible, yeah. but not really. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, yeah, so it's not ideal, but there is workarounds. It uh, looks like you responded to a couple questions on here. Date I did. What was going um, on here? This one I was going to do for the audience question, but I couldn't quite oh. crack it. Um, so I'm not doing this one. Uh, <laughs> but the gist of this was to, um, if a date fell on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, force it to be the following Monday. Um, which you can do using date add and, um, you know, a switch formula. But there was some kind of hang up for the Sunday option. I got it to work on my end in a test base that I have, but we're still kind of working through uh, why it's not really working on her end. Yeah. So it might be a time zone issue. I think it is a time zone issue. Uh, when I turned on the use the same time zone for everybody um, option in the formatting um, options for the formula field, it worked for me, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, time zones are a lot of fun working with. <laughs> and you are the de facto date uh, guru. I'm not sure how that happened, but here I am. <laughs> that is your calling in life to know all things, dates and calendars. <clears throat> all right. Actually, it looks like I comment on this one. Let's see if I remember. So this one's a little bit old, but um, I guess I commented a while ago. So upload attachments. There are third party tools. Um, to, to do that. Yeah. Uploading attachments can be tricky. Our Amplify product, you can actually upload directly through Amplify either URL. Um, and we also have some products that help with attachments. So for, for the API and for, I think all of the APIs, really, I think the issue is Airtable only accepts URLs to upload from? It doesn't accept a raw file pushed straight to Airtable. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the challenge is always getting it into the cloud somewhere else mm -hmm. and, then, and then linking to it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that is the reason why Page Designer doesn't have an option to automatically dump the generated output as. Um, a file in an attachment field for the associated record. I think they're running into the same problem as everyone else yeah. that they have to upload it somewhere first, yeah. which they could choose to do. They just haven't done it. Yeah. 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 It's a challenge. We did, we did solve it with uh, Amplify. Um, so I would imagine that Airtable could also solve it if they chose to. You know, here's one that this actually made a couple communities. Um, it's kind of interesting. Airtable may not like uh, this discussion, but there came out a, an open source, you know, and they actually call themselves an Airtable alternative, this no code DB. Um, so it's been making the rounds. I saw it on Hacker News and, and uh, it was on Indie Hackers. I think it was on Product Hunt as well. 
So um, getting a lot of buzz and I kind of read about what the overall community was thinking about it. A lot of interest. I actually played with it. I don't know if you did, Camille. Um, no, I meant to. Um, yeah. But yeah, we in you know the built on air Slack community, we talk a lot every time there's a new competitor to Airtable, we all kind of, you know, take a shot at it and look at it. I didn't get a chance to look at this one. Normally, I'm pretty critical of things that have like the exact same user interface. And this one does have the exact same user interface, but it's open source. So I'm, I think my official comment was, <laughs> I'm going to choose not to be a hater. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that's what you said. Yep. Yeah. So if, um, if it loads, we'll give a sneak peek at it. Yeah, very similar. It's amazing how many how many um, companies you see them coming out and you're like, wow, that looks a lot like Airtable. Not mm -hmm. that Airtable was the originator of their design. No. They copied off somebody else, but. Um, Even the, the color. <laughs> Just yeah, the, the coloring. The, I'm looking at the top kind of the top bar, uh, the blue is very, very reminiscent of Airtable's yeah. default blue. The yeah. gallery view, it looked, you know, there's only so many different ways you could do a gallery. So there's, you know, there's some differentiation. I know there's a, a right bar. I think um, there's the view kind of like the Airtable universe where you could see all the tables and all the views mm -hmm. on a um, kind of in a menu on the left hand side of your screen. And on the right hand side of the screen is some other um, thing. And I can't quite recall because I didn't get a chance to play with this one yet. Right here. Yeah. This might be it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my first impression is, um, you know, interesting. It's not. It's not ready for me to adopt to to really use. It's it's still very early. Um, I think their website makes it look better than it actually does when you actually get into it. Um, it definitely does not have the same. I don't know. Something about Airtable like brings joy to use, right? Like that. Mm -hmm. there's, there's like a secret power to the. To, to using it. And um, this one is just kind of lacking in that secret power. And so, but obviously being open source has some advantages if you're willing to, to host it and manage it. There's some downside to that as well. Um, but they also, many of their views like their calendar and a lot of their, a lot of their views that, that they show here are not yet fully implemented. So these are kind of like sneak peek shots of maybe what's coming. Um, but when you actually install the app, you click on like the gallery view and it says like coming soon. And so um, not quite ready for prime time, but might get there over time. We'll see. So definitely one worth, worth keeping an eye on and see where it goes, see what kind of adoption it gets. Um, there's others out there. There's another open, open source one called baserow.io, I believe that that I think has a, a, a tighter UI. Um, but the advantage to this one is, is how it works is you, you store your data in a standard database like MySQL or Postgres. And then this is just kind of the UI on top of it. And so you can keep all your data in kind of a standardized database and, and they support multiple. And then it's just kind of that, that UI layer on top of it. Um, 
which is interesting. What else going on in Airtable world? Thinking tables. Like there was a kind of that one right there towards the center. Uh, sorry, you've exceeded yeah. the usage limits. There was kind of an interesting discussion um, in that thread. A friend of the show, Kavan, um, is in this thread as well. The It was a... a uh, limit to Airtable that does not come up as often as the number of automations you get per month or the number of rows per base. It was the number of fields per table. Airtable has a limit of 500 and um, this person in question ran into that limit. And so because the other <laughs> limits were so much more common, I think there was initial, um, you know, misunderstanding of what exactly they had run into. And so it was, I thought it was kind of funny. So they were like, yeah, we should, we should have way more records. And they're like, oh, well, I only have 500 records, but I need like 600 fields. And so yeah. there was a discussion of, do you really need 600 fields? Can you do more with that? And then does it make sense to have a 500 field limit? So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like 500 is a fair limit on fields. Um, I think that's, that's, you know, manageable in any client projects I've worked on, it seems doable. Um, the record limit, I think hopefully will increase over time. There is some discrepancy on what the actual limit is. It's kind of interesting people mm -hmm. saying they're going higher than the, than the, you know, limits that they suggest. So yeah, dealing with limits, um, Definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, any other hot topics? Seems like most of them are just kind of, it is end of month. Um, so we're checking out, seeing if they've put anything on the what's new. Uh, I haven't checked yet, so we'll see. I, this isn't always most very up to date. Um, so one for May. Mm -hmm. So Salesforce. I thought I thought this was already new there, but um, I think it was um, it was either in beta or it was only for certain plan levels. I think, and I, this may be announcing that it's now available for pro and not just enterprise. Or that would be huge. Mm -hmm. That would be really big news. I think. Yeah, I know a lot of people use uh, Salesforce. Let's test it out. Let's try it. Let's see if it shows up. Well, it's not showing up there yet. Let me refresh. See if it just came in. No, just mm -hmm. blocked. Let me see if. Uh, in the connected accounts. Salesforce. Hey. I want I can't remember if that was there before. I never check. I, I don't uh I think I've connected like two or so accounts to my air table, so yeah. I'm never in that kind of menu. Yeah. I think it'd be good so, if yeah. if they do, if they allow it for not just enterprise but for pro. Um, yeah. subscriptions too. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very big. Um, 
especially for just getting general adoption, people moving. I actually spoke to somebody, um, actually you, you might've as well in the community asking for, you know, migrating from Salesforce to Airtable. So that could be a huge, um, market opportunity for Airtable to, to take people off of Salesforce. Having been a long time Salesforce user, I use, I, I was a Salesforce admin for several years. And so, um, know that space well and i think a lot of companies would would benefit from moving off of salesforce <laughs> and they'd save budget wise as well <clears throat> all right moving on let's see what's going on in our world so we had some similar discussion on that no code db we already talked about um had some questions about two-way syncing that always seems to come up um, at some point, I want to address it with our product. We're, we're close to having, we, we've got one-way sync going and two-way sync just adds kind of a little bit more complexity um, to have true two-way, um, especially now with Airtable have, having their syncing. I have heard rumors of maybe them um, implementing a two-way sync, but um, mm -hmm. maybe not, I, I don't know. I think happen. way back when, when it was announced, I think in like the comments of the Airtable community announcement post, I think they were saying like, you know, we have high hopes for this feature. Some of the things we're looking at include two-way sync, but it, it obviously there was no like timeline yeah. attached to that or, you know, yeah. whether or not it was like actively in development or if it was like, we'll take a look at it next year or no clue. I imagine there are they've at least considered it. And, you know, I, I don't know what it would take, how much it would be to, you know, rework whatever internals they have to, to get two-way syncing to be reliable. Cause I don't, I, I don't want it in there if it's, you know, buggy as all heck, cause yeah. sometimes Airtable has bugs and I would rather one base get messed up than two bases at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then you can get into the cyclical mm -hmm. uh, continually updating. So it, it, yeah, it definitely adds complexity. I think they they prioritize what they just launched a month or so ago of, of having two sources go to one destination. Um, so they have that now in their sync product. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And we, that's super useful having, yeah. pulling in multiple bases or from like you could pull in other bases and something from your google calendar to fill in one sync table that's you know it's yeah. a lot of the way there yeah 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 here's a question on regex um that's a powerful formula and the formulas that um can use i don't know that we ever got a solution for this, but they're trying to convert markdown URLs to HTML. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you could do that straight with regex. You probably need a script. I'm looking at it. I think you can. Um, I am not, I don't know if anyone's an expert in regex. Yeah. Uh, I answered a few questions recently using regex. Um, you probably could because if you extract those now that you have the ability right to to yeah. insert what got extracted where you want it regex replace I think you 
I think I think you would do it a combination of like the first part up until the first uh, quotation mark would probably be outside of regex replace. Um, and then you would have, you would replace the whole string with just the portion that's extracted. That's the URL. I would probably have like two different regex replaces in one formula and then just the, the bits on either side, if that makes sense. Um, the opening and closing A tags. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this, maybe we'll take this up. We should probably find a regex expert to come on and educate the community. Kavan is pretty <laughs> good. Kavan is good. She's probably as close as we're going to get to someone yeah. who's like an expert. Yeah. Again, it's, there's so many and Airtable has a particular, there's no like one regex is the thing. Airtable uses a specific like library of regex functions. Um, and not all of them. There's like a subset. Uh, so, you know, there's like a cheat sheet. If you go into the formula help section, it links to um, what all of the different uh, characters that you could use are. And I'm there constantly every time I have to answer a question because I do not have them memorized. No, yeah. Yeah, you look them up just enough to solve your current problem and then they're gone till next time. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is for me. I'm always relearning regex every time I need to use it. <clears throat> All right, Reddit, um, stuff going on in Reddit. I thought this one was interesting. We could talk about, so people often ask like, can I do this in Airtable? Is this a good use case for Airtable? And so let's see if we think this would be a good one. So old documents searchable database, metadata is linked to the image. Um, so yeah, I think I think you could do Airtable with this. They're saying they want a good single page view and, um, you know, many extensions has uh, one of their modules uh, is specifically designed to view one thing at a time. So you might be able to, um, without building the whole thing out in many extensions, you might be able to use that just one little piece of it and have the regular um, Airtable embed view with like a button that you click and it sends you off to the single page view so you could see things a little bit more in more detail. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah. I would also plug our Amplify. You could also set up an Amplify screen mm -hmm. that had the image and then your your metadata next to it. And um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, because Amplify is available in the marketplace, you can access it if you embed a base somewhere. Is that right? You, no, you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't embed apps. Um, well, but you can embed the base. And I think it, you can. It won't show the apps. Ah, uh, dread. Yeah, what are you I tried of? that, and, and not even if you. You know what I just learned is um, actually I was working with a client. We were trying to do this. You can't even take the URL of Airtable and put it in an iframe. Um, so Airtable has restrictions, so you can't iframe it. So even if you have like access to it, but you just want to embed it into like another, like they use Stacker 
and we wanted to embed directly so that we could get the apps. They wanted to see their charts that mm -hmm. they built in Airtable um, inside a stacker. And so even though the people like, you know, have read only access to Airtable, you can't embed it in an iframe that Airtable doesn't allow it. And so you can only use the share links um, of the base, but those don't include the apps. They used to, there was a beta yeah, okay. where you could do it and, and then they discontinued the beta and for whatever reason decided not to allow for sharing of apps. That is upsetting. Yeah. Yep. The, the thing I do when I make apps, they're usually, uh, so far, they're in the form of um, a more uh, specialized user interface for data entry to replace forms. So it's, you know, it's such a drawback that you have to already be in the back end, if you will, to yeah. use the form. And it's similar to Amplify. Amplify is a great alternative to regular editing in Airtable because you can specify only edit these fields. There's the default feature that you've implemented. So you make fields required where it tells you that, hey, you need to fill this in. There's so many things about user interface that can be solved with apps and it's, you know, yeah. hopefully that's and, uh, and their, their yeah. feature list to add is just the ability to more robust sharing options, which would include apps. Yeah. Yeah. I, w I would imagine, I th I'm hoping that they're just rethinking how they do that. Obviously with their pricing model being on a per user basis, you know they're trying to drive people to to add users and so if you extend the data outside of the login you know infrastructure it takes away from their pricing model sure um, i think is is you know part of the flaw of that of that pricing model but um obviously common in the SaaS world so we'll see if they ever address that hopefully um worst case you know, there are ways where, you know, a read-only user doesn't count against your pricing. So you can add people as read-only so that then they can get access to the apps, but you can't um, do any direct live updates of the data. Like Amplify, if you're a read-only user, you can't fill out the data. That's true, but read-only users, when you submit via a form, you're a read-only user. There's no you know, you, you don't have to be connected to the base at all to be right. able to submit a form. So maybe if they. You could, you could like iframe a form inside of an app. But or, I don't want to use a or, form. I want to use my app as the form. Well, then you'd have to go through the API. Yeah. You'd have to submit it via the API, which is, which is doable, but um, anyways, yeah. So that's, so I think it is doable. I think. Hopefully that's kind of the conclusion they came to. What else going on on Reddit? Um, send an email by simply clicking a button. So that um, that you could do. So it could run a script, or you could have an automation. That's probably how mm -hmm. I do it. Right, is an automation that's looking for that checkbox to be clicked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's doable. 
friend Aaron doing some reviews, looking for help. So yeah, everybody, you know, small mountaineering business. I think I think it could work well. I think SMBs, Airtable is a great fit for. Um, all the companies that I've talked to are kind of in that SMB space. I've really liked it. So check it out if you have a small business. I think Airtable is a good fit for you. All right, moving on to Facebook. Let's see what we got going on. Um, somebody building out a site in Softer, which is a great third-party app for for website building. Um, more page designer struggles. So best practices. Our friend Ali got in on this conversation. Um, yeah, so that's always, do you have multiple bases and tables or do you just get all your tables? Um, there's always a trade-off, right? There's pros and cons to, you know, having everything together, either in a single base or a single table versus spreading them out. So it's just kind of, there's a art and a science to it. I think of finding that right balance of knowing when, uh, let's see, Ali probably has good insight. <clears throat> yeah, so just kind of, if you, it's really if you have a one-to-many relationship, which is, I think, what she's getting at. Um, you know, if you have one-to-many, then you might want to put that many in a in a another table, especially if it's uh, the many, if the many is finite, then maybe it can be a drop down selection. Um, but if the many is kind of infinite and created on the fly, then that typically requires a second table. All right, more people learning. Um, there's somebody mentioning our friend, the open source. So lots of people asking for help. Chris, always sharing his his amazing bases that he's built. Always good to check out his bases. And so being able to sort or download like specific views, things like that. Um, Firebase. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Getting short on time here. So look at that. It looks like <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So all people right. are so, definitely. I, yeah. At some time this week, I'll take a look at it. And... Although these are all from the company itself. So yeah, sure. But looks like they just posted all their videos this morning. <laughs> Friend Gareth, some Spanish. There we go, bubble again, learning bubble. So here would be a good one. This one's industry specific. So e-commerce, so using softer is specific to e-commerce. Um, so that might be good if you're in the e-commerce space. Gareth. I always like his picture of him thinking. 
There we go. Softer CEO. She was also on our podcast. You can see that one. And her friend Ben. Looks like he had some guests on his show. Food blogger. So a meal plan from Ben. Check him out. Oh, more from Ben. Ben's everywhere. And Aaron and Connor as well. So we're, these are getting older. Okay, I was going to add one more to our uh, review. Twitter. Uh, Twitter seems to be we haven't we haven't reviewed Twitter real quick, but I just want to see what was going on in the Twitterverse. Um, you always see usually it's pretty positive. People are you know being convinced that Airtable is not scary. They were right. So people picking up uh, Airtable. I thought this one was interesting. Do you think coding will eventually die off with platforms like Airtable becoming the norm? What's your thought on? I don't. I don't think so. I think uh, Airtable is a good user interface. Is how I like to think of it. Um, and if you're just now getting started with things, um, and it's the same. Like this is a good picture to stop on. All of the other, not quite Airtables, they have that they do with their own thing, like Trello and Asana, etc. They're great for the user interface and putting the button where it probably should be so you know where to click. But underneath it all, if you really want to do stuff with your data, um, if you want something more custom to you, there's always going to be a, um, you know, a need for coding. Somebody's got to do the coding. Airtable isn't made out of Legos. It's made out of code. So yep. uh, yeah. there's, there's going to be... Now it's really funny to me to think of Airtable or something similar built out of Legos. <laughs> Lego edition Airtable, yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think um, Airtable doesn't make coding go away, but it makes it easier to engage with code mm -hmm. um, with their platform. So it does simplify coding and makes it easier to jump into coding. Um, so... Uh, so I think it actually enhances coding, makes it more accessible to a larger audience. Um, you've seen that, you know, I think you've talked about you, how much you've increased your coding abilities through Airtable. Yeah. You, you, we see in our community people learning how to code because of the scripting app. And so I think I think it just broadens the, the coding universe of who can jump into it. Somebody using their credits, so they increased. Aaron, no coding tools built on Airtable. So um, I see a one. lot. I'm not on Twitter that often. I see a lot of people um, list what their development stack is for, you know, my product is built out of, you know, this list of things and Airtable is uh, often one of, one of many. Uh, Here's one, a $2 yeah, million dollar startup built on Airtable. Oh, lost it. So yeah, exactly what you're saying, yeah. So companies raising, you know, millions of dollars and building their product on Airtable, which is pretty cool. So yeah, and then also, you know, the common ones, Notion, that was that, that uh, picture kind of notion versus versus Airtable. They both have pros and cons. I think they have slightly different use cases, but definitely overlap. 
Um, so it really depends on your on your use case. So I saw our friend Shay. We should get Shay on sometime. She's she's been picking up Airtable and photography. So good to see her on Twitter. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of uh, discussion. Twitter's everybody's always mentioning Airtable. So worth um, getting it. Yeah, I'm I'm not too active on Twitter, but probably should be. So. Okay, so with that, I think we're ready to move on to our next segment. Before we move on to our next segment, I want to do a plug for our primary sponsor, Onto Air. Onto Air is a complete suite of products for Airtable. Um, if you are running your business on Airtable, you need to check out Onto Air and the suite of products. I'm the founder of Onto Air. And I want to give you just kind of a quick snippet of what is possible um, in the Ontario suite of apps. We have six different apps that you can use to build out your business on top of Airtable. And today I want to highlight our backups feature. So backups is really good for businesses. We have businesses that uh, have critical data inside of their Airtable. And Airtable does do backups. You can see a history of um, how you are I don't know for the rest of the audience, but Dan froze for me. Um, ooh, oh no. Okay. Well, what Dan was saying, uh, uh, onto air's backup option is uh, filling in the gaps in between what Airtable's uh, regular backups can do versus what you can do with onto air. Um, one of the limitations of the Airtable snapshots is what they're called, um, is that they're sort of difficult to reinstate um, what happens when you uh, restore from a snapshot as it creates a copy of your base. Um, they're done at regular intervals, but not necessarily at regular milestones. You can force a new snapshot, but only there's a there's a waiting period. You can't force too many snapshots back to back to back. So if you really want, if you have a defined milestone that you want to back up at, you might not be able to do it. Um, and that's why onto airs backup option is very, very nice is that you can select your backup at any point uh, that you would need. Um, I don't know if Dan will be able to get back on. Sure hope he can. Um, let's see. <laughs> Otherwise, um, what we were going to do was do a focus on um, one of the fields in Airtable um, and then go over an audience question and answer it a little bit in detail of how you might do it. So I say 
we give Dan about maybe a minute and I'm just gonna ramble on about Airtable in the meantime. Um, we kind of already went over what we have seen in the past week or so in the various Airtable communities uh, for specific kind of questions and thing and topics being discussed. One thing that we didn't go over um, last week in the Facebook community, Ben and uh, Ben Green and Chris Dancy's sort of regular weekly show, uh, one of the questions and comments that we kind of had was over Airtable's pricing model. Um, we talked a little bit earlier this episode about some of the limitations of um, Airtable charging by user, meaning that they are incentivized as a company not to make it uh, as feasible for external user interfaces to replace so many different users. Hi, Dan. <laughs> I'm back. My power went out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So I kind of continue. I kind of filled in a little bit yeah, about uh, onto air backups, um, <laughs> but I'm sure you have more detail. I was basically saying like what snapshots they don't let you snapshot every, you know, at any given moment you can make a snapshot and then they make you wait, you know, a period of time in between when you can make a snapshot. But with um, onto air backups, that's not the case. Yeah, thank you for filling in. Sorry about mm -hmm. that. That's of course live shows that has to happen. So yeah, so backups, um, basically the ability to always make sure that your data is stored outside of um, Airtable, which is really uh, an insurance policy for companies to not be fully dependent on on one source and, um, and, and be able to use that. So just real quickly, and then we'll move on, but you can set up a project that allows you to add multiple bases to your, your project. And each base is completely configurable. So you can actually define which tables you wanna back up. So if you don't really care about some tables, you can actually get down to the view level and even the field level and say, I only want these fields to be backed up um, and you can specify which attachment fields that you want. This will actually back up your attachment um, files as well and um, do that. And then part of the um, power is you can, you can um, back it up either as a CSV or a JSON. I think in the not too distant future, we'll, we'll support backing up to Google Sheets as well. And um, it's really cool because you, it'll auto add tables. So if you have, if you're continually adding tables to your base or taking away, this will be smart enough to know that it will add any new tables automatically to your backups. You don't have to come back to here and reconfigure it with any new tables or changes that you make. Um, same with attachment fields. If you add a new attachment field, it'll automatically back that up if it's configured. So lots of configuration. Um, we support three different sources of where you can back up to. We support Dropbox, Box, and Google Drive. And then you can specify the schedule on how frequently you want to back it up, either monthly, weekly, daily. And some plans offer hourly as well. So you can get it near real-time backups of your data and always have that peace of mind that your data is stored outside of Airtable. So that is the Ontario backups. Check that out along with our other suite of products um, for you if you're running your business on Airtable. Cool. Um, why don't we, Camille, why don't, 
Why don't we skip ahead, actually, if you want to do your audience question. Sure. Yeah, not, me... I, I can, we can come back to it. I changed uh, a little bit. I'm ready. Let yeah. me share my screen. And hopefully you guys, hold on. Now, hopefully you guys can see it. Um, yep. So there was a pretty interesting question um, that was, I believe not the last week, but the week before that um, the particular user had a start date and an end date. And they wanted to know not the number of weeks that, uh, you know, was within that time span, but the week numbers um, of the year. So there's 52 weeks in a year. Um, and they wanted to know that this event took place between week two and week five. Um, it was a pretty interesting question to me because the answer wasn't as straightforward as, you know, using the date time difference function, which would only give you the number of weeks um, in between uh, a date range. So uh, the solution was actually a little bit simple. It was just kind of a little bit hard to visualize at first. So. Um, we have a start date and an end date, pretty simple. I have a uh, two sets of formula fields. The first set uh, shows what the week number of the start date is and then the week number of the end week is. So starting in week 15, ending in week 17. I also have this formula field, which is just a string of numbers one through 53, um, and a comma separated list. So that's it. It's not even really a formula per se, but it gives a, a standard um, uneditable value that I can use in my next formula without me having to type or copy and paste this multiple times in the next formula. The last formula is where the magic happens. It uses the mid function and uh, a couple of finds. So what it's doing is it's finding this week number um, when it was created somewhere in this list of weeks, one through 53, um, and then finding the end uh, week in that same list and then getting you that piece of that comma separated list. Hopefully that makes sense. So if you look at it now, you'll see 15 and 17, you'll get 15 comma 16 comma 17. For this one, which is a much longer time span, you'll see 11 all the way through 22. Um, some caveats with this particular method is that it only works if um, the dates are within the same year. Um, there probably is um, a good method, probably not a good method. There's probably a method of doing this uh, if you have a time span that spans across a year or several years, but then at that point, it's probably not super useful to have a comma separated list of the week numbers if it's you know a three-year time span so that's pro that's not really as much of a concern but for the um, initial sort of ask uh, this is one particular method that someone might be able to use yeah and not even weeks if you wanted you know a random start number and an end number and then get everything in between you can yes. use that. although you'd have to create your one through a hundred or whatever yes um i think the way i did this is i went into excel and then just typed one and then two and then used the fill handle to just drag down until i got to 53 um 
and then uh, copied and pasted in here. I don't remember how I got the commas in there, but that's not, that was, you know, that's not the hard part of this, yeah, right. you know, and you only have to do it once. You just have to uh, consider all the numbers that you might need. And the reason why there's 53 instead of 52 is that, you know, that you know, a, a year doesn't end perfectly at the end of the 52nd week. So right, right. very good. Although I don't know if we're allowed to say Excel on this show. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's useful and sometimes I, it's not. I still have it. I might have it. No, I don't have it open right now. I had it open yesterday. <laughs> you can do the fill handle thing in Airtable as well, but I think it's a little bit more. I think in Excel, it asks less of you, if that makes sense, of... Yep when you want to fill in, like if I think if I put in, I don't know if it'll even let me do it with a single line text field. If I do one and go down, it's going to fill one, one, one. But if I do one, two, I think then it'll, let's see if I can click properly. Nope. No. <laughs> uh, I think if it were a number field, if you had two numbers defined, so we could establish a pattern. Yeah. Uh, single line text field. I guess it makes sense that, you know, it does, it's not a number, it's a it's a string with the value of one. So yeah. eh, whatever. Uh, some things are easier to do in sheets or in Excel. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you, Camille. Yeah, very useful. It's it's amazing, like those formulas, if you really dig deep into them and get familiar. Uh, you can do a lot of stuff. Let your imagination fly with that. So mm -hmm. real quick shout out. Going to shout out to Garrett Logren, who's watching, loves the new format. So thank you, Garrett, for joining us. We've also got Hannah in the chat as well. So thank you guys for being with us. Glad you could join us. Okay, I'm going to move on. We're going to talk. We're going to do a field focus for this next segment. And we're going to focus on the button field. So if you remember, um, if you lived pre-button, which I believe Camille and I both did, and we're in the Airtable world pre-button, you remember creating formula fields um, to generate these links. And then this, is, this was basically how you would do that. So you'd have these really long, I had a client that had these really long um, URLs that essentially were buttons. It was a formula dynamically built off of the record data and it worked. You could click on this, it would open up in a new tab, but it sure wasn't very pretty. And so when they announced buttons, that was a big deal. And so what buttons do is they allow you to connect to um, a couple different things. So you can, you can give the name of what you want the button to say. One drawback, I know this is a pet peeve of yours, is this is not dynamic. So it's the same text for every record. So it kind of looks, um, you, can't, you can't make it specific to that record, which would be a nice feature for them to add. Um, the formula, so the action is open URL, that's one of them. And then, you, and then here, this, this can be dynamic, so you can insert your fields and make it dynamic. Um, you can also stylize it so it could be more like a typical button or it could just be text and then the color you want. So nice stuff there. 
And I'm going to come back to the open URL, but just wanted to show a couple other. So you can you can open a record in a page designer. So if you have built a page designer, this is a great shortcut to go straight to the record that you click the button on. Um, in the next segment, I'm going to show how to run a script off of a button. And then um, preview URL, this will open up an app. Um, if you have the preview app, it will open up that so you can actually see what is the, it'll basically iframe the URL. Um, you can also send email. So this is, this was a question uh, somebody had, you could actually, I, I forgot that you can set up a button to click and automatically send an email. So this uses the, the SendGrid app, um, same with text and Twilio. Form stack, you can create a document, um, Pexel images, and then also custom apps. You can specify which app you want to open up. So, so those are some of the actions that you can do. But Camille, I don't know if you knew this. I just learned this when I was setting this up. I just by default um, put an empty string in the formula. What I realized is the button is now disabled. And so I was thinking, what if, is, is this smart enough to have some enabled and some disabled based off of that formula field? Uh, this is something that I'm just learning right now. Um, so what I'm going to do is I, I set up this formula. This, so this is a URL that just does a Google search. Um, and I set that formula to only show if this active is true. So I'm going to set up this script to point to that formula. And I want to see if it shows some as active and some as not. And yep, it does. So I didn't realize that. So that's really cool. So you can have at least some dynamic aspect to these buttons where some work and some don't by just having it return in your formula. And you could do this in the formula itself. Um, I could have done the if statement if it's active, then show that. Otherwise, show an empty string. So that's really cool. So the ones that are active then have the button that you can highlight and select. And then the ones that aren't are not uh, highlighted. So that, that can come in handy. I could, I could see a use case for that. Yeah, uh, there's one use case I have for buttons that does take advantage of the whether or not a button is enabled. I do believe it only works with the um, open URL um, feature. Otherwise, if you use any of the other um, options, open in page designer, open custom app, etc. I think all buttons are activated. But um, you know, it depends on whatever app you're opening to do with that data, if you will. So it would be nice if you could have another formula option in the uh, button options where it says is enabled using a simple if statement, like if the button is active, then you can press and open it up in page designer. Otherwise, don't give the option. But, you know, wishful thinking. I have I have a couple little tweaks I would make to buttons that, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, so there's a cool little trick for you. Um, so, yeah, so buttons are really, really useful. I think, you know, the other thing that I want them to do is allow buttons to work inside of custom apps. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't work. It, it'll load it. It'll just load it in a URL, but it'd be nice if from inside a custom app, you could click on a button that ran a script. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that they consider that. I know for our Amplify, we, you know, we show the buttons, but you can't really interact with what they do unless it's an open URL, then it'll open. So that's really the only action that you can kind of really support inside a custom app is frustrating. So with that, I'm going to kind of move on to the next segment, which is a scripting time. So now we're going to combine uh, scripting apps with the feature of a button and how they interact and some of the nuances that, that go with, with buttons. And then we'll uh, wrap it up with a plug for um, Built on Air. So, so now if I'm going to change this and you can see the button, I had the label as run script in preparation for this. So now I'm going to change the action to run script. And so you just do that and then it, you'll select the dashboard. So your dashboards are in your app here. Um, oh, I don't want to click away, but anyways, this shows you all the different dashboards that you have. So I created a dashboard called scripts that has the script in it. I want, so this, this has several dashboards and then it'll find the one app uh, name and so now this will run a script every time I click on it and see now um, these are all dynamic because you can't really add a formula to this. So it more runs on all of them. So if I click on this run script, it's a very simple script that I'm going to show and it just tells you what table you're on and then just prints out the ID and the name of the record that you clicked on. So anytime I click on a different record, it's going to show me that record's name and record ID. So this is really powerful. I use this quite a bit. If, you, if you're if you comfortable writing scripts, you've likely set up buttons to trigger a script and great way to just process your record, do all sorts of stuff um, with it. So now if we look at the code inside of here and bring this up, um, there, there's a couple of things that you can do. So the, the, the second line is how you associate it with a button so that you know which record clicked on that button. So they have an input.recordAsync and you have to make sure that you put your await and they give you, they tell you if it's async, then you know you need to put an await on there. And then this select, this is just the text that um, goes over the button that would show up here. And then the interesting thing that I did here is usually um, you're associating the table um, by name. But what I did here is I used this cursor active table ID. So this tells you, this is kind of a dynamic way of knowing where you are within the, within the base. So it knows that the cursor, meaning which table is selected. So it knows that I'm on the leads table when I click this button. So that's what that cursor active table ID is. And so the benefit of that is I can have one script that now can be run from multiple tables. So if I go over to the sales rep table and set up a button and have it point to that same um, that same script, it will it will be smart enough to know. Um, which table I'm coming from. And so the exact same code works on either table that you're that you're running this script from. So the same 
um, the same button or a, a, a button in two different tables when I click on it. Now it knows I'm on the sales rep table. So I didn't have to edit my code at all to be able to support both tables like that. Um, and then and then it just prints out, does a markdown on on the table name and then outputs the the table record. So so that is really cool. You can then you can write one script and then you can kind of do some if else as you get more advanced in in what you're doing. You might say, okay, if it's coming, if my current active table ID, or you can also get the table name that that would also work. Um, well, actually, you would just get the table ID, and then from the table you would know the name, and you could use that and say, okay, if the name is the leads, then I need to do this. You need to know like what your records ID record um, or your field. Uh, names are if you're doing any kind of updates or any any more processing than than a simple output like this so that cursor and then and then also this and then how this works is it actually works in either scenario so if i want to run it instead of automatically running like it does from a button it gives you the choice to pick a record and this record is coming these are coming from whatever active table that you're currently on so right now I'm on the sales table, but if I were to go to the leads and click on um, and then run this, now all of the records that show up here are the leads, the companies. So it's dynamic based off of that cursor. So it comes in handy, really useful for, um, for you know, otherwise you don't, the, the concept in programming is dry, don't repeat yourself. So if you want code that can run on multiple tables, this is a better approach than creating two scripting apps, one for each table where the code is essentially replicated for the most part. So very useful in, in your scripting uh, stuff. Any other insights there, Camille? Um, just really quickly, when you're running a, a script from a button, um, it will fill in the first um, input.record async that it finds in the code. So uh, the method that you use is actually really, really useful in that regard, meaning if you have to collect information on more than one record, um, only the first record that you're asking about is filled in by the button. You can't say, you know, use this record for like the third time I ask for what record it is. So um, knowing ahead of time what table to pick from and letting that be dynamic is actually pretty, pretty useful. Yeah, very good. Thank you. So there's our uh, scripting time segment. And just before we end, I want to give a plug for our Built-on-Air community. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're somewhat familiar with it. But if you have not um, signed up for our newsletter and our Slack community, um, check us out, builtonair.com. There's a lot of stuff happening. We do a weekly uh, write-up of a lot of the stuff that we talk about, what's new in the community, um, our podcast. You can find us there. We also have resources, guides for different industries, um, a script library. You can find scripts like the one that I'll put up there, um, the one that I just did, and you can find many more in our scripts library. Um, you can also you know, do comparisons of Airtable versus competitive products. Every month, we'll actually, today, since it's the start of a new month, 
We look at the universe and we'll give metrics on what's happening in the Airtable universe. Um, you can also see all the products and service providers and different communities all related to Airtable. So it's a really great hub for everything Airtable related. Check it out. Sign up to our, our newsletter, join our Slack community and join us uh, and follow us on all the social media platforms and our podcast and YouTube channel. We'd love to have you and participate and get your feedback on, on what else we can do to improve. So thank you for our time. Thank you, Camille. Apologies for the uh, technical difficulties. And thanks, Camille, for filling in there. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Yeah. Can't get out. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>